Oh, that was horrible. That was horrible. This yeah, is that's not even gonna be in there for, for fun. Because that wasn't fun. Maiden A to Z, it. Hello, welcome to Maiden A to Z. My name is Eric, and with me, actually in the same room, is my co-host Jonathan. In your home. In my home. In your very home. That's been uh, talked about. The move here has yeah, been talked about. Yeah, talked about in the park. Yeah, how, how has it been? It's been, it's been nice. We've yeah. sort of settled in now, so that's very... Looks very homely. Yeah, there's a... For just two months, it already looks more homely than my home after four. <laughs> Four months or four years? Years. Oh, there you go. Well, I mean, it's still kind of homely, but this yeah, looks more... There's more stuff here. I can't take and the, the stuff is well, on the right spots. I can't take most of the credit for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, here, IRL in my home is uh, Matthias uh, from episode... Uh, ooh, Invader, 74 Invaders. maybe? There you go. Uh, Ish. Yes, uh, hello. Hello, the the very impressive guy. Yes, indeed. That's yeah. the, that was the yeah, that was the that was even the. more impressive after that. I shot with Bruce Dickinson in '96. Was it? Yeah, yeah, with uh, the winner smile, <laughs> like a huge winner smile, and there, yeah, nice beard too going on. <laughs> but that the Skunkworks book you've been talking about a little yes, bit. Yes, it's great. Uh, I'm, I'm almost done with it. Seems quite interesting. It's uh, it's it's been very interesting reading. That and now. a brick, right? It's like hundreds of pages. I can, I can actually phys- yeah. you can physically hold it in a second if you wish. Well, we can sum it up in one word. It's quite impressive. Yeah. It's quite impressive, isn't it's, it? It's yeah. an impressive it? book. I mean, look you, look at it. Okay, so it's not hardcover. No, I didn't get the hardcover. <laughs> I bought the hardcover. Okay, there is Re- the one. The reason yeah. I didn't get the hardcover is I wanted to get it. The hardcover was, the, at that point, it said like six to eight weeks. This was yeah. one week. So yeah. I, like, I, want the, I, want the, I want it fast. I might get a hardcover as well. Yeah, so it's closing up to 400 pages. Uh, nice layout, too. Looks very readable. Mm-hmm. Are well, you welcome to borrow when I'm done? Oh, thank you. I think you will enjoy Probably it. Probably will, yeah, because that, that's an interesting era. Or right. buy it on Amazon. I could do that too. Mm-hmm. Who's Chris Dale? The bass player, right? Bass player of Skunkworks. Mm. And also from the sort of that era in the band. And in general, uh, he also played in the uh, live, in, uh, live in Studio A and uh, Live in Marquee. That, so the Balls because of Tour was with him. Really. Yeah. Mm. Trying to remember his sound, but I think he, he's a good bass player. That's oh, what I remember. Yeah. yeah, he's a very good one. He used to be in a band uh, named Atom Seed, mm-hmm. and that was more like a, a funky, hard rock kind of bass playing. But he's a, he's a pro, so he he plays all styles. Yeah, the, who's the other guy that came in later with the Chemical Wedding era? David Castillo, Eddie. Eddie, Eddie Castillo. Castillo. Yeah, yeah. he was in the Tribal Gypsies, so yeah. he plays on both Picasso album as well. He's crazy good with the left hand dampings and, for example, in the tower. Yeah. Like that's very un-Steve, which I like. You know, mm. it's cool to hear uh, Bruce with just a completely different bass player. That's just yeah. fun when you hear them do Maiden tracks in that era. Yeah, because it sounds very different. Yeah. I, I have heard a Prisoner with the Skunkworks lineup, yeah. I believe, yeah. and I mm. like it. It's like a little bit more pop punk in a cool way. one guitar right yes only one yeah. guitar is Alex Dixon yeah. playing the guitar which is actually quite cool you know one yeah. guitar is a good lineup sometimes. as you as you will find and very fast very fast yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
I think they were uh, the record company or the management was trying to convince them to have a second guitarist at some point, mm. but I'm not going to give away. I mean, it's, it, you, know, you should read the book. Mm. Okay. Rather than, okay. um, so it's not Skunkworks yet, though. No, we're not doing that yet, but I think we're going to be maybe doing a sort of a detour and talk a little bit about that maybe yeah. book soon. Not more about that. Yeah, we've got several, several possible detours. Yes. Uh, it's just that there's nice songs to do as well. Yeah. Mm. Or are they nice? Well, yeah. how do you feel are about today's they? songs, Matthias? Today's songs? Yeah. What's the, what's the vibe coming in here? Uh, one of the songs is uh, okay-ish, mm. and the other is really good. All right. Mm. Yeah. And uh, full transparency, we, uh, we had a, a remote guest, but Eric came to our senses, <laughs> I would say, to our senses, and said, like, yeah, if it's local, we might as well actually do it local. Well, I thought it was fun just actually. Yeah. And I told him that, but then I didn't have the heart to, to just have him throw away his notes. Yeah. So you'll hear some... Uh, some input from afar, from okay. California. So, I'm, I'm going to make a little jingle when it's California. Then, then comes you need like to have a, the theme from the TV show OC, where there's in California. Yeah, and then I need a Swedish one <laughs> yeah. uh, to, when we go back to Sweden. I think I'm going to edit it as such, if I can. California, here we come. Right back where we started from. California. This, is, this will be the prequel to the episode that I'm going to record today because um, our new guest, Paul Lacayo, is that right? You got it absolutely perfect. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, it's Eric that is worried about that kind of stuff. But I think you, you sent me some uh, phonetics too, so I had a little cheat trick there. Oh, there you go. I, I, I gave you the cheat sheet. Uh, good morning, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, good morning to you. Or good afternoon to you. Early as old hell for you because you're even further away in time zones than Greg. California, right? California. California. Uh, yeah, uh, just north of Los Angeles, actually. Cool. Sunny SoCal, as it were. And uh, we normally don't ask this, but I got curious now. How did you find uh, uh, our show? Uh, just searching for whatever Maiden podcast to fill the lull, the lull after talking Maiden left. Uh huh. Yeah. So I went from I think I went from Uncle Steve. Uh, there was there was one I can't remember the name of it that just started doing episodes and it stopped. Uh, I never. Um, I, I've heard of Maiden Podden, but I haven't jumped down that rab, rabbit hole yet. To know Swedish to to actually do that, which I'm not sure you do. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not that cultured. <laughs> yeah, no, no. They have done some English stuff with me, but you know that's all you can hear from them in English. They, they sort of they uh, they fill the the local market, you know, because we got a big one over here too, and uh, quite a bit of you know Swedish podcasts. But I always did it in English to you know just for more reach. Yeah. All right, so yeah, that's how you found us, and that's look, sort of the most logical way, I guess. Uh, but with a new guest, the more important question is how you found Iron Maiden when you got into it and all that. I'm copying George's answer because from uh, from Metal Gods podcast because I actually got into them through video games as well. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of ha- I always have to reverse and tie in Judas Priest to this because I was aware of them first and. Uh, I heard the song Turbo Lover on a game called Gran Turismo. Right. I remember that game. It was PS1, right? Uh, I think two or three by that by that point in time. Okay. So it wasn't the first original Gran Turismo. It was like uh, one of the subsequent or sequels, basically. Yeah. It was one of the only tracks I loved listening to while, while playing a racing game. Fit in really well. Um, not to say I enjoy the rest of that, that album as much as that particular song but I digress. Um, and then obviously everyone seems to have, who got into Maiden through video games seems to have found him through uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. And I, I pretty much did the exact same thing that George did where I would only play the number of the beast and go to the soundtrack setting. So that was the only song that played. And then maybe I added an Ace of Spades and ACDC a little later, but that Part, partly because that was my gateway song slash drug to Maiden. That's one I've never got sick of them playing it live. 
So where do you go from where do you go from a soundtrack uh, feature of four minutes into like uh, the the fanship? You know, because when I started out, it was a social thing, of course, and you know, friends sharing. Oh, have you checked out this song? Is Hello Bit a name or that song? But if you're sort of just uh, playing Tony Hawk's, a good game series, by the way, I like it too. But mm. uh, but if you just just do that, you check out, you go up online or something and type in Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, and try and find more songs. Or what's the method, you know? Oh yes, and yes and no. Uh, I uh, I started through my dad. Him and him and his friend Tony were. Uh, he's probably into Beatles the way I am into Maiden. My dad, but he had the Best of the Beast, the shorter version that only has sixteen tracks. And it has the uh, shorter version of Running Free live where it cuts out all the banter between Bruce and the audience. So that one, that one I kind of gravitated towards a lot. Still love Running Free quite a bit. Dance of Death was like sort of my intro album to Maiden because I heard that one first out of all of them. And how old were you then? I was about uh, 13, 14. It was around end of 2003, just after they released it. So huh. I, uh, I, say this, I say this all the time. My biggest regret is not getting into them three or four years older earlier so that I could have seen them on the Brave New World tour. Yeah, yeah, that's when I got in, and you know, it, it was a good time to get in. Yeah, but then again, I think. But of course, you know, you get in when you get in. There's no way to to control that stuff. Absolutely, I think everything happens for a reason. Like if I was into them, Brave New World, I probably wouldn't have as much appreciation for Dance of Death as I do. So, right, gotta have some people defend that album. <laughs> So also, uh, is he just finding out now why this happened? By listening no, to this? no, no, no. I told him when you told me, I, I told him like, uh, hey, Eric had a, an idea, which is pretty good, but it doesn't include you. And then I gave a peace offering. So it's all good. Also, he's booked for another episode anyway. Paul, uh, Paul. I've seen him there. You know, you could just say it. Paul. Paul from California. Let's just do that. I nailed it this morning. Paul Lacayo, is that right? There you go. I look forward to that. Yeah. We're here to talk about two very different songs. Indeed. Very different eras. First up is a song that I think perhaps we've talked about quite a bit, but not this version. Yeah. Yeah, we, we hyped it quite a bit anyway. I don't know if we heavily discussed this cover version, uh, but we mentioned it on the podcast, yeah. and it's uh, your good friend, your yeah. good friend, Henrik, who really, like... I mean, it's weird to start here with the, an Arabian track, starting with a cover that a friend made, but it was really yeah. good, uh, with, with Ami. And, um, yeah, sort of made the song very serious yeah. all of a sudden, which happens sometimes. I like Hellsong's version of Run to the Hills, for example. Yeah. I think it's better than, than the original. Well, this is a really? just, yeah. I mean, depends. I mean, there is, it's not good in the same way anyway. I mean, it's not a better heavy metal anthem for sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, it's I, not, but I think but it makes this, the lyrics sound more serious. And the same exact effect was when Henrik and Anne did yeah. Lightning Strikes twice, which is the song we're yeah. going to talk about now. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was cool. I hope I, I can really... get my hands on a version. I think there's a demo or something. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's going to be in this, but we were supposed. To... That's tight. Yeah, yeah. but. I've been asking for a proper recording of it. And yeah, they say too. they're on to it. Yeah, but 
I haven't heard anything yet, so... They have fans requesting <laughs> it. Yeah. It's really good. I think there's people who don't necessarily even like Iron Maiden who wanted to have that, who were at the party, who wanted, who wanted to have a... who wanted to get a, a copy of that. Yeah. I, I want to have another gig with that probably unnamed band. I guess it's unnamed. I don't think there's a bit named. Yeah, anymore. but I want to I wanna arrange another gig with them. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, cool stuff. I'd like to arrange a gig with them... Where we where we don't we're not insanely stressed about what's going to happen right after. We're done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna if I do the Infinite Maiden thing I'm going to do it on separate dates, not together with Maiden to see parties because that was you know above stress levels for sure. Yeah. Even though it all turned out fine. It did turn out fine, but it could have also not turned out fine. It was a bit like Adrian said in that Gangland playthrough. Like it was like someone standing on top of a train yeah. trying not to fall off. Yeah, uh, but only in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I just worried the build. Anyway, I think we talked about what I was worried about, but it worked out. It worked out. And uh, yeah, they played the uh, Lightning Strikes twice and uh, have made never played play this live. Yeah. They have? Yeah. They played it on that tour. Ah, on that tour. And I think uh, Blaze played it, have played it as a solo artist a few times as that well. That I know. He's done yeah. yeah. Holy God knows. The whole sky Mary Harris track? It's uh, it's Dave and Steve, yes. Dave and Steve, mm-hmm. yeah. You can hear a lot of Steve in it, and maybe a bit of Mary. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the, the beginning of the song, song is quite typical. Dave, start off... Yeah, only that the melody feels like a super Steve. Yeah. But the arrangement feels like a Dave song, Yeah, how it starts out. I think I've read somewhere, pro- probably uh, in... Uh, Luis Mariano's uh, detailed discography yeah, of the beast. Yeah, exactly. The, that uh, Steve said that the intro and verse was Steve's, and the rest was his. All right. Yeah, because it sounds a lot of a lot like Steve when it goes to da 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 a little bit of just a little bit too basic <laughs> but that's also like not really so I mean things can be basic but as a kid I felt it was an adventure mm-hmm. and now I feel it's minor scale doodling or noodling what do you think yeah it feels kind of it feels kind of um, uh, like someone trying to sound like if you were trying to sound like Iron Maiden yeah, you'd maybe use that melody. I mean, it's now it is actually yeah, nineties Iron Maiden for sure. Or, yeah, yeah, and uh, but uh, I will say also it could be a production thing because the distorted guitar uh, sounds like shit uh, to a large extent on this album. But I don't really think about it when I listen, to be honest. But when yeah. I when I scrutinize it, I think about oh shit, that's not a good sound. I think it's a digital module and a very early one. Yeah, there is a few strange when I. L- the uh, Virtual Eleven album isn't one of. It, it isn't exactly on top rotation. Okay. I have to admit. I have to admit. Whoa. But uh, uh, now when I listen to the album again for the first time in, in a while, I have to admit that uh, I always thought that I th- valued or uh, was I liked Virtual 11 a bit more than I did when I actually listened to it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, before uh, X Factor, but now when I have listened to both albums in, in a short period of time, I must say that I actually think that uh, X Factor is the better album of the two. 
I always did, but lately, like through while doing this podcast, Virtual Eleven has been catching up a bit. Uh, especially, it took me twenty-four years we, we, to realize this. Got, twenty-four years. We got rid of England the Gambler early. We got rid of Don Luke early, and then yeah. we've had these amazing tracks on, like Educated Fool is a track I really love. Yeah, I like that. Uh, one too. Amigos is perhaps like uh, Made Nate Z's special track. Yeah. That's uh, a, kind of it. Yeah, it's yeah but, but I think I also I do agree because when I started going into this pod, I assumed that I because my sort of uh, I, I was very sure that I liked Virtual Eleven more, mm. but I, I don't. I don't think I do anymore. Though. Also, we switched. Yeah, yeah switched. we did the old switcheroo. Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm going more towards the Virtual Eleven now and having a harder time with X Factor. But I think I still I still would say X Factor is the better album uh, in, in most ways. Yeah, it, it's X Factor. We're not here to talk about X Factor, but it, in short, I think that what I thought I liked better. Or what I thought made Virtual Eleven a better album for me personally was that there is more up tempo. Yeah, it's more varied. Yeah. the 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 songs are more varied in style than the X Factor, which is a bit more on the morose side. But then again, you have X Factor still like Sign of the Cross, Lord of the Flies, and Blood in the World's Hands, three yeah. quite different tunes. Yeah, they're they're different. But they but all have the dark looming. Yeah. yeah, and I mean a song like. Uh, uh, there is there is no don't look to the eyes of a stranger on the X Factor, which no. make it a better album. Uh, no angel and the gambler either. There's no angel and the gambler. No. I will say this: as far as this podcast is concerned, those two songs have been the, the gifts that keep on giving because yeah. we had so much fun. With yeah, that. I, mean, I just said that to Paul this morning that uh, these albums are always good fun to do and touch on because there's more to discuss. <laughs> We've yeah. had a lot of fun. California. Uh, obviously, I think it's a Dave Murray, Steve Harris song. So he's got that, his bluesy guitar intro. Uh, I think it's one of the rare songs that starts on a B chord. The only other one I can think of that pops into mind pretty easily is The Prisoner, that pretty much uses that chord throughout half the song. Right, it does actually. It goes from A to B in Prisoner, right? I think. Yeah, it's, it's it's almost the same two chords in in this song, just not as uh, not as articulately. Yeah, I'll kick it in here. So what we get is a very, very, very basic minor melody. It's a good melody. I think Dave adds some cool flavor in there, and it fits the usual uh, Steve's clean intro mo. But I think mm-hmm. by Dave being the musical composer, it doesn't fall into the unedited length trap of some of the other songs. No, exactly. It's a bit more brief, you know. You get some Dave freshness coming in, I guess. Where uh, we just had uh, Judas My Guide recently, right, and with a very nice arrangement compared to a lot of other tracks on Fear of the Dark, for sure. And I guess this yeah. could be a bit similar. Clocks in at 450. And it's almost ballady. Or what would you say? The style of the song, you know? Uh, almost. But knowing, knowing Maiden and them starting with clean intros and then going into heavier stuff, I wouldn't necessarily consider it uh, ballady. Not I really guess I'll not. just use... I guess I'll just use... It's, it's more Davy. Davy, calm, or even mellow, right? Yeah, a little, a little bluesy, as it were. How many songs have we done on this one? Uh, half of the album? Or oh, more, actually? Let me check. Imagine it. Yeah, so we've done, done Future Village and The Gambler. Uh, we're doing Lightning Strikes twice now. Clansman, Educated Fool, Don't Look to the Eyes of a Stranger. Come on, Stars and Eagles. Oh, my God. So we only got... When Two Worlds Collide. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. That'd be interesting, too. Yeah, so, yeah we're, no more X Factor. That's right, Rush 11. Rush 11, yeah. But uh, a strange album. It was a new album when I got into the band, but uh, I didn't get into the band that heavily. I didn't even know which one was the latest. It's, but in mm. hindsight, it was the latest. Yeah. And it, but it was there in the shelf of my uh, cousin, yeah. and I didn't look at it as an animal, uh, anomaly. That's the word, yeah. yeah. Anomaly. It was, it, just it, one, word. Yeah, it was just one of the albums, you know. Yeah. And it wasn't an Iron Maiden album full stop for me. Yeah. 
Then, of course. Yeah, which is uh, nice in a way. You know, he got the, he got his fair shot in the beginning. It wasn't, you know, we talked about the rock police before. Yeah, I had a bit of that because I was telling I someone like with the older kids, like, oh, you're not supposed to look, like it's not the right, it's not the real singer. You can't listen to this. Or you're not supposed to like this because it's not it's not mm-hmm. the real band. That kind of they so. probably will just say it's not good, right? But it means well. well that, that's what they did tell me. Yeah. That's what <laughs> but for me, growing up, when when X Factor and Virtual Eleven came out, I was that old that I could actually go and see gigs and go abroad, go to fan club conventions, stuff yeah. like that. So in that respect, those two albums and that era has a really special place for me yeah mm-hmm. but in the end of the day you have <laughs> those two albums no yeah, it's well, not i mean they're good songs and i mean it's iron maiden i like yeah. iron maiden i don't want to not like exactly. our maiden albums exactly it's not a thing for me and i don't hate blaze but no it's not the, the best albums it's the my least favorite albums I would guess Fear of the Dark is our like ongoing least favorite. I think so. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not just as an album though, because if you take four songs, the four best songs, mm. it beats the crap out of Virtual Eleven. Yeah. Uh, but as an album overall, even though Virtual Eleven has those ten-minute clunkers, mm. I still feel it's a better flow of an album anyway mm. than, than Fear of the Dark. That is. Fear of the Dark. Mm. I, don't know. I mean, it, it's it's. Um... I don't know. Well, 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 maybe. I mean, it's it, it's hard because I think that um, my, my issue, like for instance, I, I'm totally with you with the apparition. Yeah, uh, the worst song. I like the midsection. The instrumental There was a joke for me and Eric that at any time when it was not appropriate, it would come in. It makes me happy. Actually, I mean, the shittiest Maiden songs tend to make me smile. Yeah. Yeah. Weekend Warrior also for that matter. But for the right reasons. Yeah, with love, some kind of weird love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves now, but I don't necessarily mind Weekend Warrior probably to the extent that I feel I probably should. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, let's see what happens then. But, uh, but, but also, but I also every time I see how long it is, I get appalled because it doesn't need to be that long. No. So, okay, Topic Police, Lightning Strikes Twice. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're on that one. And uh, we could go back to what I was talking about, late 90s, when I was... Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, a mere preteen, and I, I was—I heard this song. It was right up my alley then because uh, I could understand it quite easily. Uh, I liked those songs when I was younger that I could understand what was going on in the guitar. Yeah, because I had aspirations to some way in the far future control a guitar. So, mm-hmm. so I liked those tracks. Same reason, Children of the Damned was a favorite because I could understand it. It was, you know. Perceivable, I guess, and mm-hmm. exactly the same with Lightning Strikes Twice. Uh, but I don't think it has, it hasn't cemented itself over time for me. Now I think it's it's a, it's a hidden track on a hidden record. Mm-hmm. I I really like the um, I like the chorus. I'll say that I do like the, I do enjoy the chorus I like, of, of this song. Yes, a lot better. <laughs> the itself, I feel, is yeah. good. Yeah. Maybe it was not. <laughs> Implemented correctly. <laughs> uh, a music uh. friend of mine made a joke, which was "Falling down strikes twice," <laughs> <laughs> because it's a very similar yeah. ca- uh, I th- melody too. I think there probably would be a better way to say the word, sing the words "strike twice" than what he does here. But it strikes twice. Well, yeah. Well, he does. It, how many times does he sing it? Probably more than it's twice. Stri- I'm sure. I mean, uh, we, we've come to this before. Steve Harris is a bit on the nose as a guy, a bit physical, and he likes that kind of stuff. Like the word "strike twice," "strike twi- strikes twice." Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like uh, yeah. Very literal, but, but, but uh, quite literally. I like save, save your idea. I was gonna say with it, we on you, on you, I'm not sorry. on you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, but I was gonna say, okay, I guess with you or something like that. That I think the vocals are strong in this track. Yeah, it's it the strongest instrument of the five is the vocals in this song. I think uh, he gets to sing melodies that fit. Yeah, uh, mellow verses, and then you have that. Uh, Oh, sky yeah. blows, which is perfect register for him. You know, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not, uh, it doesn't sound forced or constipated at all. And then you got the chorus, which I guess is my least favorite vocal oh, part. That's also that bit then. But uh, it's a bit too. But also nice in a camp way. It is that kind of heavy metal camp, uh, you know, the title of. 
Yeah. Also, almost like we're like in two, two minutes, 30 seconds into this before <laughs> this bit happens. Yeah, the first chorus comes in at three minutes in really? a 450 track. Yeah. That's okay. odd. Yeah, I like this. This is like driving a futuristic car in a neon world. I, 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 I can't. Yeah, I, I don't like the way he sings "Strikes Twice." It's no. very unpleasing to hear. Strikes Twice. It is. Yeah. Man, Strikes Twice. Falling down. Because you can't even. Strikes Twice. If you don't know what the lyrics are, you can't hear it. Freedom. Strikes Twice. If you don't know the lyrics, you can't hear it. Strikes Twice. What's that? That's what you're this is a typical Harry's thing, I would say. Strike twice! No, you're right. Yeah, I mean, it's probably also... Strike twice! I mean, yeah. Woof, woof! <laughs> I mean, it would be easier to hear if you weren't doing it in the background, but... Yes. No, I'm just trying to prove his point. Yeah, I know, yeah, it's not... Yeah, okay. I, I actually like the chorus still, even though it's, mm -hmm. it's a bit... It's a bit stupid, but on I the, like it. On the Invaders episode I was on, uh, you said something along the lines that Invaders has a shit chorus. It's a good country, but the president yeah. is crap. Yeah, a and bit of a dick. It's, uh, I wouldn't say the country is as good as invaders, but the president is for sure crap on this one. I would say, in this case, it's not exactly the president, because the, the melody may be lightning, I like, but it's, I, I would say it's the right hand of the president. Like the, <laughs> the, 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 the chief of, of staff, uh, the, the secretary of state is a dick. <laughs> The Secretary of State comes in, strikes twice! When you put it like I understand completely what you're trying to communicate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hope. The Secretary of State, the Secretary of, their of, song. State of this song is <laughs> yeah. a bit of a dick. And it's, yeah, still, it's yeah. still a problem. But it's not as big a problem as Invaders, I would say. But it's also not as good a song. Mm. California! Yeah, I think um, just because what what the subject matter is about, uh, it's like literally talking about a storm. We'll get into that in the lyrics later. But I, Steve and, and the whole band with Maiden musically, as it were, they're very good at they're very good at invoking atmosphere, even on some of the lesser quality songs. So I think uh, it's almost it's almost like foreboding a little bit, like it like hmm. the storm's approaching a little bit. I think and foreboding is the good word. Just the correct word for this. I, I I was struggling, you know, landing on a few different adjectives, but <laughs> foreboding is what it is. That's the right, that's the right term, you know. Dark clouds over the horizon, perhaps, you know. Yeah. Sound-wise, I had a question I had to ask here. Sure. I go just because of the mix of how the whole album Virtual Eleven is mixed. I go, did Steve take his all his anger and frustration during that time out on Dave and Yannick by making their guitars so pulled back in the mix? Yeah, what I think it is, it's that it's a digital, some type of digital guitar interface that they used, which was very hip, you know, in 98, but they weren't that good. So I think the reason they are so pulled back is because they have a bit of a nasty tone. But that's, you know, that's just me guessing. I, I'm not um, a professional musician by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I, I just because of the, I listen a lot and I think of a lot of ways the, final mix sounds this sounds like the whole album guitar tone wise it sounds kind of unpleasant and, and muddy i mean the melody itself is solid but the tone it, it doesn't do any favors the i always say i like the clean tone on this album but the distorted yeah. tone especially in this song really bugs me it almost sounds like they're playing through a cheap practice amp or something right uh, which i don't think is that far from the truth you know because those early digital amplifiers on distortion would sound pretty much like you know a line six spider or something like that if even you know so practice amp type sound but then clean tones were easier to emulate with that so i think that's i think the answer to, to this whole debacle is that it's uh, done in the early digital audio age and not very well you know <laughs> Because, uh, of course, they've used digital tools all through, even the 80s. But here we go with a complete, what I think is a complete digital guitar rig. Uh, but uh, that's just how it sounds. It could be amps, but that'd be weird amps. You know, it's not the, the, the standard Marshalls, for sure. If they were using Marshall at all on this album, it's, it's hidden pretty well. <laughs>
like I said, it starts well, <laughs> and, then, and then it, it doesn't uh, go. For me, I, I like the the pre-chorus I mentioned now, I yeah. think three times, and I like it, so yeah, I guess that's established. So you, uh, you, you, you struck three times? Three yeah, times. three times. <laughs> Jonathan strikes thrice! <laughs> thrice! 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 That's even harder to say. <laughs> strikes thrice! But uh, maybe that's what he sings. Strikes, strikes. I have uh, one complaint I have uh, that is concerning the, the vocals, which are the best instrument in the song. Is when, uh, uh, but that's not really because of the vocals. It's because of the arrangement that I think they pull up the dynamics too quickly. When the yeah, verse, when the verse gets uh, mm. uh, gets hotter, mm. it doesn't have to at that point. Mm. Uh, I would have loved to save that for the and all that kind of stuff. So I think dynamically, it's a bit. No. Uh, it's not a cool dynamic there. No, and they, no it's like kind of you blow your load too early, or you know you're you're too eager to mm. go into that. And I I I point at Steve for that, not that Blaze. No, yeah, it's probably yeah. yeah. No, 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 does he? There's no whoa, 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 whoa in this one. No, no, I think with Blaze live they do it on that cool little lick that comes after the solos. Which mm. we should probably listen to. We can listen to the solos now that we're at it. It starts with Davy. Well, let's, let's listen to them and without, so we can easily yeah. do the post. Så det där ligger på slutet. Ja. Det är lite kul. Wow, wow, wow. Mm. They could have harmonized this. Uh, maybe I shouldn't comment before you stop it. Ja. Men ta sig ingenstans. Nej. Jo, snart. Vi kan lika gärna ta det sista också bara. Falling down. Strikes twice. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> but I like the melody. I think it's cool. Jesus, no, it, no, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> okay, I don't like it anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the solos. The solos. Uh, hmm. Okay. I say there are two standard solos. They're not bad. No. But they're they're clearly Dave, and it's clearly Jan. An off the cuffs feel. Yeah. Strikes twice. Dave Solo just played. Uh, what do you think about it? Uh, trademark hammer on craziness, but I I think the one part that stands out to me, they're not as hummable as like a number of the beast or or a Blood Brothers solo to throw a Yannick one out there. But I think the the slide up that he does the to to the last hammer on stands out to me. Oh yeah, that's a bit of an effect. Almost like um, the knife stabbing, which doesn't sound like a knife stab in Killers. Quick sidebar, since you just did that. I, sure. The next time you listen to that song, don't think of it as a knife stabbing. Think uh -huh. of it as him slowly sharpening the knife. That's better. That works better. That's what I, that's how I always imagined it. You do it with a rock, right? Or some type of hard. Yeah, either a rock or, or one of those... Uh, those uh, rolling machines where it goes across the sandstone. However, he's, or um, there's a, um, there's a kitchen tool where there's like a long, a long tiny cylindrical piece. Maybe he's using that. And because he's a creepy psychopath who stabs women in subways, yep. he probably does it slightly on the go on the fly before. So, but that's killers. <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah, we missed a couple of things in that one that we have to redeem ourselves on, you know, later, but, um, uh, that would be a cool thing. If it was sharpening a knife, that would be rock against metal, you know, very appropriate for, <laughs> for killers. You Great analogy. How is the Janik solo? I've completely forgot it. We could listen back to it. Or do you have any comments like in advance? Uh, before we play it? Lots of, uh, nothing that stands out melodically. It's not, hummable because uh -huh. it's got a lot of pinch slides and harmonics that he's famous for he doesn't really let any melodies stand out in this solo 
Yannick is nasty. Janice, you're reusing Alika so often is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, in this, has in this, uh, at the end of his solo, he's using Alika he's used before, but it sits pretty cool here. It sits a bit more odd. And then yeah. you have that, uh, what was the melody again? Yeah. But why not harmonize that? Yeah. My, they, they should have harmonized it. Yeah. They had some, I, I think that's actually fear on the part of our maiden, that they were fearful of harmonizing because it was not in Vogue. It was not in, Maybe in the so. trends because well, sure. you can clearly see at, at virtual eleven that they refrain from harmonizing yeah. deliberately. This is something that will not work out probably, and ultimately be something we can edit out. But and this is something as Hendrik might call ill-advised. Well, we're here, so we try harmonizing it here vocally. Oh, I can't do that uh, vocally. Fair enough. Let's <laughs> uh, okay, we can we can try and fail though. Yeah, it's not gonna, be, it's good. gonna be horrible. Who wants to start? Uh, he has to start because he knows the this, the floor melody. All right. That was horrible. That was horrible. This yeah, is that's not even going to be in there for for fun. Because that wasn't fun. But okay, I like the enthusiasm. But why did why didn't they? I like the idea of having such a thing after. The solos, yeah. but why didn't they? They should, done, they should have done the way you did it. Like, yeah, That's what the kids like these days. Let's do if, we, if we talk about the music, I enjoy the beginning of the song. Mm-hmm. I think it's nice. I start to lose interest as soon as they go into the major part of the song, the up-tempo part. Yeah. And it one of the reasons is it's just too slow. Just a few BPMs faster, just to... Production error, I think. Yeah, somehow they nailed down a temp track too early. Yeah, and that's that's the big problem with both X Factor and Virtual Lambda. It's underproduced, underrehearsed. Yeah, I, th- I think there's there's there's. And X Factor took one and a half years, as long as the Black Album by Metallica. And Virtual Eleven, I think they recorded for more than four or five months or something from start to finish, which is compared to modern day Maiden, they work a lot. Quicker. Six weeks. Uh, yeah. So what yeah. were they doing all this time? I don't know. And Nico is playing his worst. least inspired drums in his entire career. I yeah, think. It's Definitely. the worst drum track yeah. of an Iron Maiden album. Yeah. By a long shot. Yeah. There's no other Iron Maiden album so that can why, rival it. Why didn't they rehearse? Why didn't they? And I mean, even Blaze have, have, have admitted that if they had rehearsed Angel and the Gambler, for example, yeah. it wouldn't have been that long. Yeah, I, th- I think the, it, it's um, yeah, because if if you actually hear it as a song, like mm. you're like in a proper, you know, like you're playing it live or even just rehearsing it or any kind of, there's no one can honestly think that song should be that long. No, and even when they played it live and they went to Steve, like we're lost, we don't know where we are, and even the most stubborn MF on this earth had to cave in. Okay, okay, let's do it in a reasonable sequence yeah and then we don't have to drop the song because mm. they were complaining like we don't know where we are steve <laughs> we don't know where the fuck we are among you know the, the well, we're lost in a lost the, world the, the and thir- that's how they got inspired yeah. <laughs> like steve i'm lost uh, don't you know i'm a savior oh fair enough thank you yeah, that's <laughs> not a it's the 33rd repeat so. what, what's the line again yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah okay in, more times. In, in that sense, this song is it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's four fifty, and again, the first chorus comes in at three minutes in, almost yeah, two forty, two forty-seven, which is uh, so they they really went for build. And yeah, that's where my I think that's my main criticism is why did they uh, make the build so clunky? Why did they yeah. why did they up the dynamic so quickly? If they have three minutes before the first chorus, they could have made a nice arc. Yeah, instead of just so early on going for that chug. Yeah, but yeah. it sounds crappy. It's a crap chug. Yeah, 
Time has not been kind it doesn't, <laughs> to this track. It doesn't gel. It doesn't. It doesn't come together. No, I agree. No, there, there's. It's very. It seems very sort of disjointed. I yeah, think, and that's. There's a few things on these in this era that's, and also, I mean, he does have this sort of problem these days too, with when he composes songs like like we talk about the time machine. Mm-hmm. I do like that song, but it does seem very, like some of the parts seem. You, well, you can tell they kind of maybe you said maybe yeah. Like, it seems like they, he, that's how they write. They songs. edit it together. But yeah. the yeah. bigger crime in Lightning is that this song isn't even that um, varied. It is pretty no, much no. stays on on topic, so it shouldn't be start stoppy. If you look at Time Machine, the parts are very different, so you have yeah. to come up with some sort of solution as how as far as yeah. how to go from A to B. Yeah. But in this song, right, it, it should write itself. A to Z. In this song, it should write itself. This yeah. song should be concise. We did Judas, my guide, not long ago. Yeah. yeah. Perfectly concise, nice structure yeah. to yeah. that song, yeah. which is like completely rocks. This yeah. song could have been there. It could have been a slower, more brooding cousin, and yeah. and, and, and it could have really worked with the dynamics, but then again, this album is poor in dynamics. Yeah. It's slightly tilted or off in the dynamics, I feel, yeah. sometimes. How long is this delightful Jesus Christ? All right, well... This track? So it's 4 minutes 50 seconds. 4 minutes 50, yeah. So they got two choruses in there. All right, well... Yeah. Two choruses. So they struck twice. Yeah, striking twice. <laughs> normally, normally Maiden would go for three choruses. So two. Well, then they have to strike thrice. And that's not a. Yeah, even Invaders, it's three, three of them, six seconds each. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so short. Yeah. But oh yeah, okay. Anything more good on the track? Uh, there, there's some. There's some. I have good memories of it. That's that's the good I have. Yeah. Uh, like I remember it as a nice uh, uh, sort of. Uh, atmospheric and nice yeah. track if we look at the lyrics uh, he goes for that kind of storm brooding yeah there's a dog barking in the lyrics too yeah even, not just in the even, chorus yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feel a breeze on my face in expectance, not very long before the storm reaches here. Off in the distance, the lightning is flashing again. Feel something strong as the power draws near. And then uh, and then he starts asking a question. <laughs> I remember Eric saying this. When, <laughs> is it the rolling of thunder that scares you? Is it the crashing of clouds that hold fear? Who is he talking to? <laughs> Who is he talking to? Well, everyone, I think, you know, or every every human, I guess. Some kind of that's how I read it, you know. That it's this is very uh, what's the word, very visceral stuff, you know. Very it's it's humanistic. Um, I feel like he's reminiscing a childhood fear or a trauma similar to fear of the dark, maybe. I used to be scared of thunderstorms when I was a kid, so I kind of identify it with it now. I find them fascinating. I was scared of the dark actually when I was a kid up till nine, which feels really strange now because I love it now, but uh. You know, you have those childhood fears, and but um, thunder and lightning, I loved as a kid. I always wanted to go swimming when it was, and you know, the the older generation were like, no, the the lightning will hit the you know the lake, and you'll be electrocuted. But I don't think I'm not sure that happens. I don't know actually. I have to look that up. But now I still like to go swimming when it's a th- thunderstorm in the summer. That's when we usually get them in Sweden. It's, it's a very nice feeling to swim during. But I don't know. Maybe it's hazardous as old hell. I don't know. Could be dangerous. Uh, science ruining everything. Yeah. <laughs> ruining all the fun. All the time. Besides the childhood fear when he's asking, it's maybe threatening to happen again. I feel like Steve, at the time, maybe he did take how the public perceived X Factor and Blazed Heart. And there's so many things going on in his head where he goes, could this be a disaster too and something could something worse happen could dave leave could yannick leave could nico leave that's not where you want to be mentally but uh i mean if you look at the those two albums and quality uh, maybe they're necessary evils for for brave new world to happen for the reunion to happen yeah 
I mean, yeah, I think we've been onto that, that there's no other, I mean, of course, it's always like that, you know, hindsight is always 2020. So it's really hard to, to do the revisionist history stuff. But I think Maiden wouldn't have been if Bruce would have stayed. And that's something I, I lended from Eric. It was Eric that called that, you know, that Maiden probably wouldn't have been uh, had they not switched singers in, in the mid 90s, you know. No, they would have been done if they did X Factor with Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they would have done it even. You know, I think they would have split up during the making of, you know, but it wouldn't have been X Factor then, you know, of course. <laughs> so everything is like, yeah. that's the problem with revisionist history. You move one thing, everything is moved. But I think, yeah, people are quite unanimous, I think, with this era being, uh, being uh, important for the band and also quite interesting. For, like for a podcast, it's a great era. Always fun to talk. Uh, Virtual 11 and X Factor, I think. Yeah, almost, they, almost, they, almost always. They lend themselves to some very good discussions. So did you my have last? A, uh, my la- I have one last. Yeah. yeah, I had one last, one last note, one last note sure. for for describing them. I'm, I won't go through each one of them. Some of the ones that stand out to me, like the lone dog howls in the park. Never mm. seen a dog sitting in a thunderstorm before. But then it's describing the people hurrying inside. Only God will know. Like describing when and where the storm will happen. For the most part, where he's talking about sitting alone, watching the rustling of leaves, waiting for the rain to fall, it's very, it's a very literal description of a, a storm. Yep. Um, we talked about how the the repeat of chorus of maybe lightning strikes twice could be cut down a little bit. Um, like the good news for the for the lyrics for the most part is that thunderstorms themselves are very metal. They are. I think sometimes he picks certain benign and literal phrase phrases to describe it from the point of view of getting inside and watching it pass. I think maybe he could have gone instead of a third person perspective, I think maybe try it from getting stuck in the middle of the thunderstorm and trying to escape it from a first person perspective. I agree. And that would probably be, be closer to the reality he was in, you know, maybe too close to home. Very much so. No, I mean, not for us. For us, it would have been a stronger song, probably, or a stronger lyric. But for, for Steve, maybe, you know, we talked about that uh, both a couple of weeks past, that uh, sometimes he just switches perspective uh, to a third person and for seemingly no reason, or maybe because he's uncomfortable being first person suddenly, you know. And if your theory is, is anywhere near the truth, then definitely it would have been a pretty sensitive topic, this song. Yeah, it's true. I think it's it's funny how you say he's uncomfortable with first person perspective because I don't get that from Bruce or Adrian when they write lyrics at all. True, true, yeah. Bruce has a way of being both the first person and the storyteller from a third person. And Adrian will kind of, like uh, Wasted Years as an example, he'll wear his heart on his sleeve sometimes. Yeah, normally he would. Even on his new album with Kotzen, his lyrics are very much, you know, first person heart on your sleeve uh, i guess it's from the blues tradition in a way you know to write uh, about your you know your troubles basically your worries uh, like uh, in wasted years uh, too much time on my hands got you on my mind you know on my mind it's not like it's not uh, sent off into third person at all it's completely him oh, i have a i have a lot more to talk about when we get when we get to that song that's my second favorite maiden song behind wicker man I'm not a guy that usually gets into the lyrics too much, but uh, preparing for this episode, I, I checked them out and I was starting to think, what what is this song about? And I there are a few lines that made me think that there is something bad that's happened to the protagonist of the song. Uh-huh. In his child- Iron Maiden, that is. <laughs> in, his, in, his, in his or her childhood. And that the protagonist fears that this might happen again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I read an interview with Steve where he talks about this song. Uh-huh, okay. and, and he says, and this is a quote, <laughs> it's a never say never type of song, hopeful and positive, unquote. He is a special guy, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was <laughs> about something bad that happened in the childhood. 
And he says it's a hopeful and positive song. Yeah. Well, I mean, also sometimes you talk. I, yeah. What do I know? I have no idea, actually. <laughs> Generally speaking, I would assume lightning striking something is not a good thing for the thing being struck. Yeah. So yeah. maybe like, oh, hopefully it'll do happen again. Yeah. But I think it also could mean that like like a, like a spark, like an idea. Maybe it's sort of like the idea of you know the, uh, at this point a lot of people probably thought that they had sort of already seen their they they they've peaked and they're not going to do that again. Well, maybe they can rekindle that with a new spark. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe lighting a spark. Yeah. Twice again. That could be that. Paul, this morning, uh, well, you listener, you're going to hear it from him, not from me, but uh, uh, I'm telling you guys. He said that. Uh, he felt that the song was, um, yeah, he mentioned childhood trauma, yeah. just as you did, you know, Fear of the Dark is a yeah, similar yeah, topic. Yeah. And uh, he also mentioned that uh, he thought the song was all but positive, that it was, uh, you know, about Steve's fear that maybe someone else would leave or that yeah. the band would further derail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But clearly, according to Steve, it's not about that. But, uh, no, it's a hopeful and positive song. But what I, hear is much, what I hear is much closer to, to, to Paul's uh, interpretation that the yeah. song is about shit, the, the thing that happened that sucked, it could happen again. Yeah. Uh, well, which is a good theme. It's a better theme than the one So So like the sort of the... Uh, uh, the phrase about lightning striking twice or not striking twice usually is about usually about something that you know, someone has bad luck. It you probably won't happen. It won't happen again, likely. Yeah. yeah. Not well. I'm yeah. hoping it's gonna. Yeah. But I mean, the start of the song fits the mood of the lyric. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. But when it when it kicks in with the up tempo part, it doesn't really fit. Yeah. I agree. Maybe I overanalyze things, no, but I think, I think, that's pretty much what this show is about, anyway. So. Yes, that's <laughs> <laughs> severe. Over, of course, over what a fool! <laughs> <I am. laughs> that's what we do here. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're, you're in good company. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, definitely. You know, I wouldn't have thought of it as as, a, as, as bad dynamically when I was younger. But when I scrutinize it now, I don't like the dynamics. I think they, and it goes together with what you say, that it loses itself. Yeah. Somehow, you know. It just detach. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, a problem child, this song. But I, yeah. I wonder, is there anything, is it possible he thought they were talking about another song? Because there's nothing in the song that implies it's helpful and happy. No. Because but like, all I know as I sit in a corner alone, I, I printed the lyric. Well, that's very it takes me back to my sh- childhood again. Yeah. And then a few lines later, I ask myself, could it be a disaster and when it's maybe threatening to happen again? Yeah. As the om- That's om- positive. Om- ominous, positive. As the ominous light draws, and ominous is usually not a good... Ominous is usually not a... No, it's, it's, it's not like, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's, that's... Actually, you, you know what? Oh, I'm feeling a bit ominous today. <laughs> what, what I'm thinking now, you know what? What a glorious... I'm yeah. thinking he's just trying... To sound come off positive in this interview because the band was a, such a shit stroke at the time. Well, because also wait, so the lone dog howls in the park. All the people hurry inside as lightning fl- flashes. The lone dog start. howls. Strikes twice. Yeah, that's that. That's the dog. <laughs> that's the dog. <laughs> the storm is nearly here. Only God will know. Anyway, yes, this is not this is not a cheery song. Yeah, no. But I think it's Steve. Actually, I think it's Steve uh, pushing a, a positive attitude when the band was. Pretty much at his lowest. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. Yeah, but I mean, uh, also Steve has uh, talkings for the whatever that is in English. Talkings for a No, it's talkings. Uh, uh, I, I mean, it's like it's like um, veto on what the song is about. Well, interpretive. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of a good interpretive veto. Yes, oh, sort of. Yeah. That's, he wrote he, it, ha- so. he wrote it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I can't tell him what it's about, but he's wrong. If we say that Steve is right, yeah. and it is a positive and a hopeful song about never say never. Yeah. Uh, then again, the song, although it fe- it feels a bit like stock lyric, it's uh, it's off the shelf. It's yeah. it's not something that has gone too much thought into. Because no. tropes. The, 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 yeah, uh-huh. the, the the phrases. Uh, the, the 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 picture he tries to paint is is uh, is very much uh, same. He describes the same scene over and over again in yeah. the lyric, which is a pretty cool scene. But but we get the picture yeah, quite early in the song, you don't need and the, it doesn't really change. And, and then the song is over. Yeah, you don't really need that. Much like the music. 
the, yeah. well, a bit like the music anyway. The music loses itself somehow on the on the on the way there. But yeah. uh, I don't think Eric. I don't think you should give give up on this chorus. I think it's a pretty cool well, chorus. Well, by not give up on what 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 he means. Uh, like I still allow yourself still it. allow yourself to dig it. You know? No, no, I can still be fine. Yeah. With this. I, I think it's a pretty good chorus. It's there's bits of that again. There's there's two there's two words that kind of bring the the, the it's lone dog howling, woof, woof. <laughs> how howling in the ominous flashing of. Positive, hopeful light. Apparently, and and and, and the <laughs> melody of maybe lightning is very close to falling down as well. Yeah, but, but that's no problem, is it? I don't know. No, I mean, in in a bit of summary, I I I think this song is okay. Yeah. It, it's it's not two and a half out of five. But at the same time, we're comparing this song against really good songs. That I mean, Maiden Standard is a is high. I mean, I'm a big fan. I really enjoy yeah. our Maiden their, and their music. They have good songs. They have pretty good songs. And this song is pretty average yeah. or below, slightly below average Maiden. Yeah. I think it, also it's kind of the situation like if, if a band that didn't have the, the absolute you know, insanely high peaks that they have, if, they, if like, I can't have a good, if a fucking Dokken had this song. I'm not so sure about that because no, but, but, let's mean, take your band. Uh, if Saturnine had yeah, this yeah. song, I think it would be your worst song. Well, I don't. Think <laughs> your songs are be- your songs are better than this one. <laughs> I think maybe I could do. I wouldn't. Yeah. Well, yeah well, you know, thank you. But, yeah. but I just mean the fact that in, in contrast to other stuff, especially what we're doing today, or or, or your band, Dead Cosmonaut. If mm. you had this song, it might have been one of your worst songs. Actually, uh, but I mean, then again, it's, if if you were talking about my band here, then I'm gonna be, just shut up because you can't, if, like, you if, can't compare your own shit to others. If I came up with da 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 I would say mm, no, I won't use that. It's a little bit Revelations-ish, but just not good. Revelations is a five out of five song. Yeah, it's six, six out, of five. out of five. Six out of five. Six out of five. Oh, no, but I, I, love, I love Revelations. So when I say that, I'm not saying that it's uh, quality wise, quality wise anywhere near. But I think St- Steve loves it too. Mm-hmm. It's one of his favorite songs, not composed by him. So I think he. But yeah. also, you can hear here and there in Infinite yeah. Dreams. You can also hear Steve trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That one instead. Yeah, yeah, How it's, clever it's of you to spot that? <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So, what, what do we got more on this one? Uh, well, we got an O for the list. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Decline. Ab- absolutely not. Well, it's not even in purgatory. It goes straight to hell. Shocking. <laughs> shocking. Shocking. Yeah, but to take another example, when you when you spoke about uh, future real, yeah, yeah, uh, and. I like Future Real. I think it's an excellent song. So I'm, did so I'm, do we. I'm really glad they pulled that out and played it with Bruce just to highlight yeah. the song because it's really good. But at the end of the day, it's underdeveloped. Why are there no harmonies? I mean, when Blaze did it, uh, when his band, there were yeah. harmonies. D- did that make the song worse? It's like, it's there, you can just grab it, it's within reach, yeah. but they say, no. I think it could be a 90s thing, I think they could have tried and veer away uh. from whatever uh, metal was about in the 80s yeah. and try and go, go current somehow. Yeah. But uh, our maiden is uh, like forever lost when it comes to going current. Yeah. That's not their thing. You know? It's not their thing. The most current they've been was the Diana era, that was pretty current in, in, a, in a local scene. Yeah, manner. Yeah, but uh, since then they've never been current. It's and, not and, a, thing. and a final word mm? on my behalf mm? on the production of the song is that my one of my big peeves with the X Factor is that the guitars are too low. They're too lame. There's not enough energy in the guitars in the mix. Mm. Yeah, X Factor. Yeah, they, they um, are a little bit uh, muffled. Yeah, it's, it's muffled. Uh, or even buried sometimes uh, on the on virtual eleven. They're more upfront, but like you said before, the sounds aren't that good. It, no. it's not it's not Martin Birch, good mid range in your face, powerful sparkling more, uh, guitars. Ant stack sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. sound like an ant stack, and they're, they're like there's a lot of treble punching through, so you can hear them. Yeah, but they're actually not that loud in terms of. You know, moving air. Yeah. They're just yeah. nasty. They're just nasty, yeah. so yeah. they cut through, which is, you know, 
uh, terrible guitar sound in parts on this yeah. album. I think uh, leads and cleans sort of make it through, but yeah. uh, the distorted rhythm, uh, one of the worst sounds I've ever heard. And in this song, there's a part uh, where the rhythm guitar, I think it's in the chorus. just sounds so shitty. I, I yeah. never heard it before, but when, you know, again, yeah. scrutinizing it, uh, yeah. coming into today's session, like, that's one of the worst guitar sounds I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the rhythm guitar it's, in the it, chorus. Yeah, it's it rough. Yeah, yeah like, or toilet paper or an ant stack. Again, it's like they recorded it so spread out that they didn't get a, a total feel of the song. If they had rehearsed it properly and recorded it more like they do nowadays when they record live, I think the song would have benefited a lot from De that. Definitely, definitely. M yeah. More up-tempo, more BPMs, more punch and power. Yeah. But that's a good kind of finishing point on this song, that it, it does have potential. Uh, there is potential in the track. It's yeah. not like a lost cause or anything, no. but it's not well executed. No. no, it's not. And that's where we are, Eric. We don't have to have any screens on or, you know, Zoom meetings or Google Meets or anything, we're just gonna sit and talk, which is you know nice for a change. We do that sometimes. Awesome. Well, for, for sure, have fun. Uh, tell them I say hello. Sorry I couldn't accommodate being with you guys, but um, up the irons, skull from the north until the cows come home. <laughs> All the leaves are brown.